Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, if you have any reason to praise Jesus, can we just for 10 seconds, can we thank Jesus for his goodness, his grace, what he's doing in our lives? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And as you are seated, we are linked with our North location. Can we put our hands together? Can we welcome our North location? This is amazing because when I, when I first started coming to Kansas City and preaching here, it was like five or six years ago, and there wasn't a plaza location. There definitely wasn't a north location. Uh, there wasn't going to be a south location next year. I mean, we were in the we, as in, like, I'm a part of this, we. Uh, we were in the cinema just down the road. And to see what God has done in five or six years' time and just the growth and the passion and the incredible team and staff, plaza location, north location, south location, house of hope. I mean, there is so much happening. Can we put our hands together and thank God for everything that He is doing, everything we get to be a part of. It is amazing. And can I say this? I absolutely love your pastors, Pastor Kyle and Liz. I love you guys dearly, and you have been great friends of mine uh, for five or six years now, and you've always been a real encouragement to me, and every time I get to, to be here and, and, and preach, I always leave really refreshed and really encouraged and really inspired about what God's doing here, and I just want to say thank you, and Pastor Kyle's birthday weekend. I, that's cool that I get to be here on your birthday. Uh, we, we had a late dinner last night, and uh, we shared a dessert. Uh, it was a little bit awkward, to be honest with you. It was like one bowl, like a cookie brownie, two spoons. And uh, it was like a little date night. And I think our spoons touched at one point. It was a little uncomfortable. Uh, but I, I love Pastor Kyle and Liz. And I honestly believe they're some of the greatest church builders, greatest leaders, communicators, and uh, people on the planet. And I just love that they are your pastors. I love that you guys are now officially Hillsong Church because we were always family, but now we're like family, family, like you can't get rid of me kind of family. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to preach. If you have a Bible, I want you to go with me to 2 Timothy. Uh, 2 Timothy. And uh, while you're going there, I want to show you a couple photos of my, my kids. Um, can we put that photo up of, of Lila? This is my five-year-old. She's almost six. Um, this is her first day of kindergarten. And as you can see, when she grows up, she wants to be a preacher and a doctor. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, it's an upgrade on last year. Last year, she just wanted to be a dancer. And so I'm all for that. But I think preacher, doctor. She also said this week she wants to be a dancer and a mailman. Uh, so she's got a great future ahead of her. She's probably going to be all those things. Um, so that's my girl. I got a, a six-month-old son, Archie Brooklyn. That's my little guy right there. He's like mad chunky and just awesome. Uh, can I show you, though, like this is like the, the real like reality of, of parenting and family life. This last photo here. This is like, this is what life is really like with two young kids. And so any, any parents with young children, uh, you, you feel my pain. That's just, my wife's amazing. Just there, just crushing it as my little guy. And my daughter just, that's a normal day in our household. There we go. Uh, Second Timothy. Chapter, chapter 2, 
2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is writing to Timothy, encouraging him because Timothy is facing some challenge. He's facing some opposition as he builds the church in Ephesus and he needs some encouragement. And so Paul writes him this letter. And this is also the church that Jesus' mother was in. This is also the church that uh, John, the self-proclaimed disciple that Jesus loved, uh, was actually in. Like, that's pressure for Timothy. Timothy's trying to pastor this church. Can you imagine Timothy on a Sunday trying to preach, and he's telling a story about Jesus, and there's John in the front row, and John's like, excuse me, Pastor Timothy, that's not exactly how the way it happened. Like, I was actually there with Jesus. I'm the one he loves, and so let me get up there. Let me tell you what really happened. Like, that's just a lot of pressure for Timothy. But Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I want to speak to you today for a few moments around the thought, you're graced for this. You're graced for this. Can you just, can you look at someone and just say, you're graced for this? Over there in the north, can you just look at someone and say, you're graced for this. You're graced for this. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for the privilege and honor it is, God, to be in your house this morning. God, I pray that you would take this message, that God, you would breathe on it and bring it to life in our hearts, that God, we would leave this place different from the way that we came in. God, if there's anyone in this room or in our north location feeling down and discouraged and just battered around by life, God, I pray today that you would lift their spirit, that God, you would lift their head, God, I thank you that you're a good and gracious God in Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Um, before I, I really dive into this, th there are certain things in life that uh, you are graced for and certain things in life that you are not graced for. And can, can I just let you know, I am not graced for the cold like some people are graced for the cold. Let, let me just let you know right, right off the bat, last winter, I walked out one morning pretty much wearing everything that I owned. I could barely walk. It was like minus 20 degrees. And there are people going for a morning run wearing nothing but Lululemon shorts and a tank top. I'm like, I'm not graced for the cold like some people are graced for the cold. I remember last season, I went to my, my very first Patriots game, and uh, please, please don't hate on me. I'm really sorry about the last game last season over time. I, I won't go there. I won't bring it up. But I remember being at my first, first game. It was last January, and it was, it was I've never been more cold in my life. I, I could not sit down. I'm like right up the top, the nosebleed section. I could not sit down. I'm like, like, like this, kind of just all like bouncing around, jumping on the spot, jogging on the spot, because it was so cold. They're selling hot chocolate, and I'm like smearing hot chocolate over my face. Like I'm just doing everything that I could to warm myself up because it was just so cold. And then I look a few rows down, and there are two guys, no shirt on whatsoever, body paint, two beers in both hands. I'm like, I, I, I'm just not graced for the cold like some people are graced for the cold. That there are certain things in life that we're graced for, certain things that we're not. And I just want to remind some people in here this morning of a few things that you and I are not graced for, okay? You and I, we are not graced to live consumed by worry or fear. 
we're not graced to live consumed by that. We're not graced to live consumed by doubt and insecurity and frustration and envy and jealousy. And yet so many Christians live consumed by things we're just not meant to live consumed by. We're not meant to live consumed by things. And what happens when, when you're living consumed by all these different things, it causes you to, to start looking at someone else's life. Start comparing your journey to someone else's journey where all of a sudden you start going, you know what, I'm just not graced like, like they're graced. Like they just seem to be graced for success. They seem to be graced for, for business. They, they seem to be graced for influence. They seem to be graced for, for greatness. And so we, we, we copy and we compete and we, we try and copy someone that we think is great. But, but I want you to hear me today because you and I, we are not graced to copy someone great. We are graced to become someone great. Come on, anyone believe that you and I, we are graced to become someone great, to fulfill every bit of God-given potential that exists on the inside of us. And when you start looking at someone else's life and trying to copy someone else's life, you become weaker on the inside because you weren't graced to copy someone else's life and live someone else's life. You were graced to live your own life. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I know too many people who think that, that living in God's grace is like invitation to the easy life, invitation to the, the, the problem-free life. But I've read 2 Timothy over and over again, and that's not the kind of grace that the Apostle Paul is talking about here. First of all, Paul is writing to Timothy from prison. Paul is locked up. This is his last recorded letter before he dies. Timothy is in a discouraging season as he's leading this church, facing fierce opposition. And, and Timothy just needs some encouragement. And so here Paul goes to Timothy 1 verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Join with me in suffering. Can we just pause for a moment? Like, excuse me, Pastor Paul, like that doesn't sound very encouraging. Like, join with me in a life of ease and comfort and enjoyment. Okay, like I'm okay with being graced for that. But, but I don't know about suffering. And then Paul goes on. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. You see, God has saved you. God has called you, God has purposed you, and God has graced you. But make no mistake, God hasn't graced you to live an easy life. God hasn't graced you to live a problem-free life, a life void of pain and void of suffering. No, God has graced you to endure it. And Paul keeps coming back to this theme of suffering. He's talking about God's grace, but he, he keeps coming back to, to suffering. He invites Timothy to join him in suffering in chapter one, verse eight. 
And then just in case Timothy skips over that very enticing invitation, like I would, Paul doubles down in chapter two, verse three, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, could it be that an indication of God's grace on your life has less to do with your ability to enjoy success and more to do with your ability to endure suffering? Paul keeps coming back to this theme of, of suffering, but we, we, don't like to, we don't like to hear about that. We don't like to talk about suffering. We don't like to talk about pain because pain hurts and we, we don't want to hurt. I got a phone call recently from my daughter's nurse at school and I picked up the phone like, is this Lila's dad? I'm like, yeah, this is Lila's dad. And the nurse said, look, Lila's come into the office. She's complaining that she has a really sore tummy. Um, she asked you to pick her up. I'm like, how bad do you think it is? You know, like I know my daughter, she's quite dramatic. She gets that from her mother. Uh, she gets that from me. Uh, and she's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, look, can you just give us some water, tell her to go to the bathroom and send her back to class. I'm sure she'll be okay. So it happens 30 minutes later, I get another phone call. Uh, is this Lila's dad? I'm like, yes, this is Lila's dad. Look, she's come back into the office. She's like really sick, really complaining of a sore tummy. She said she's got lots of pains in her stomach. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like the worst dad in the world right now. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be there as soon as I can. I rush to her school. I pick her up. She's like, ah, oh, my stomach. I, I take her back to our apartment. As soon as we get inside, all of a sudden, Lila's like, you know what, daddy? I feel better now. Daddy, can I have a snack? Can we watch Aladdin? Can we go bowling? Can we wrestle? Can we watch a movie? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like she just played me. I'm like, what happened to your, your painful stomach? She's like, it was, it did hurt daddy, but it just doesn't hurt anymore. I'm like, she wasn't in pain at all. And you know what? I think that actually describes the pain threshold of a lot of Christians today. I really think more than ever that there are so many weak Christians today who, who are so overly sensitive and, and so easily offended and so easily hurt, so easily just discouraged and, and bitter. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to add to the weak Christian epidemic in our country right now. Like I really don't. And I've got to remind myself at times when I feel like being offended or I feel like letting something get under my skin and letting what someone has done or what someone has said really get to me. No, I've got to remind myself, no, I'm, I'm grace for this. Like I'm gonna get through, I gotta have thick skin and a soft heart. I need to make more room for God's grace in my life. And I think it's funny how a lot of Christians get to a point where they're like, you know, I just don't have time anymore. I don't have time to make more room for God and His grace in my life. Like I'm good now. Like I'm, I used to rely on His grace, but I'm like a lot stronger now than, than what I was back then. And so I just, I just don't have, I don't have room for God. Life's so full, life's, life's so busy. I don't, I don't have room for God. And so we, we leave God out. We're living our lives, but we leave God out of our financial decisions. We leave God out of our career decisions. We leave God out of our relationship decisions, and we wonder why we have no peace in our lives. But deciding that we don't have room for God is like deciding to make more time by giving up food, all right? And I'm not just talking about fasting, like I'm talking about you deciding, I don't have time to eat anymore. Life is so full and I'm so busy and I got so much going on, I just don't have time to eat, I am done with eating. 
Who knows that you might gain a few hours every day, you might lose a few pounds, but you will always lose, lose energy. You, you will also get fatigued. You'll also get quite sick and you will eventually die. <laughs> like, like you know that if you wanna survive, no matter how overwhelmed you might feel, you actually need to eat. And it is the same with God's grace in our lives. Now I gotta be careful because I'm an emotional eater. And so I gotta be careful with what I'm eating because I gotta make sure I'm not spending too much time with Ben and Jerry. You know, I gotta, I gotta watch what, what, what I'm eating, but, but we need God's grace just as much as we need the food that nourishes our body because His grace feeds us, His grace strengthens us, His grace directs us. We need the grace of God in our lives. Look at someone and say, your grace for this. When Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace, he's telling Timothy to immerse himself even more in the flow of what God is doing. I don't just wanna bring God into what I'm doing. No, I want God to open my eyes to what He's doing. And a lot of the times we wanna bring God into what we're doing. We wanna bring God, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. This is my plan. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to bless this area of my life. God, he, like, I wanna bring you in. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want my eyes to be open to what, what God is doing. God, I want you to bring me into your week. I want your plan for my life. I wanna know what, what you're doing in this season. We need God's grace in our lives. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace. I know that it's tough, Timothy. I, I know that you're going through a challenging season. I, I know it's tough in your workplace. I know you work for a, a boss who's more like a tyrant and a dictator. Like, like I, I know that, that what's happening in your life is tough. And maybe you're in a season where, where marriage is tough. And maybe you're going through some financial difficulties. I, I know you've had to go through a lot, but be strong in the grace. And if I'm Timothy, I'm like, okay, Paul, thank you. I'll be strong in the grace, but how? How can I live my life strong in the grace? If, if I can't avoid pain and if I can't avoid suffering, if it is a part of life, but you have graced me to endure it, how do I, how do, I do that? How do I live strong in the grace? And what I love about 2 Timothy is that a few verses later, I believe Paul gives Timothy the answer and gives us the answer to living strong in the grace and enduring whatever life throws your way. Here it is, 2 Timothy 2 verse eight. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus. You wanna live strong in the grace, remember Jesus. Remember his life, death, and resurrection. Remember what Jesus endured on our behalf. Remember that Jesus conquered death so death wouldn't conquer you. Remember that he forgives. Remember that he satisfies, that he redeems, that, that he restores. Because how often we forget, how often in life we're going about our days and weeks and months and years and we focus on the challenges and we focus on the problems and we, we focus on everything else but the one who can give us peace and hope and strength and grace in the middle of them. We need to remember Jesus. Look at what David says in Psalm 103. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits 
who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Forget not, forget not, remember Jesus. Can you imagine if every time you feel overwhelmed or just under pressure in life that, that you remember Jesus? Imagine if every time you got frustrated, every time you felt like reacting, every time you felt overwhelmed or out of your depth that you remember Jesus. Every time you feel like throwing in the towel and quitting, you remember Jesus. Jesus, you never quit on me. I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna keep moving forward. We gotta remember Jesus. We gotta keep our eyes on him. The same grace that saved you will sustain you. We, we gotta remember Jesus whenever you're facing a challenge, whenever you're facing opposition, when you're unsure what decision to make, which way to turn, you gotta remember Jesus. We, we gotta be strong in the grace. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. We gotta remember Jesus. We gotta remember His grace that has sustained us and saved us. We gotta remember Him. And what I wanna do in the time that we have left in the next 11 minutes and six seconds, I wanna give us two things we need to remember. When we remember Jesus, if we're gonna live strong in the grace, here's two things we need to remember. And here's the first, you've gotta remember that you're not grace to live safe, you're grace to live secure. You're not grace to live safe. You're grace to live secure. You see, I really believe that as followers of Jesus, that you and I are called to live the kind of lives that inspire others to go after their dreams. That you and I are called to live the kind of lives that give people permission to think bigger and dream bigger and live bigger lives. And I don't wanna play it safe all the time because too many people do and too many people are living below God's plan and God's purpose for their lives. And that's why you and I, that's why we need God's grace. That's why we need to be strong in the grace because God's grace is more than God's unearned, unmerited favor. God's grace is God's divine empowerment to be who God's called you to be and do what God's called you to do. You're not grace to live safe, you're grace to live secure. There's, there's enough insecure people in our, in our cities and in our culture and in our country today, that there's enough insecure people. I know this because for too long, I was one of those very insecure people, trying my best to live my life and, and be secure in my own ability. But who knows that when you, when you try and live secure in your own ability, it just breeds insecurity. It's in, it's in Jesus that we find our security. Notice that Paul doesn't tell Timothy to be strong in his own grace. Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You see, it's in Jesus that we are graced to live strong and secure. And the good news for every one of us is that we don't have to strive to live strong in the grace. We don't have to strive to live secure in who Jesus is calling us to be. 
It says in Psalm 125 verse one, those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. And so security is not found in what you do. It's found in embracing what Jesus has already done for you. That's why we, we gotta remember Jesus. Here's the second thing we need to remember. Maybe the team can join me as we start to close this out. You're not grace to give up, you're grace to get up. You're not grace to live safe, you're grace to live secure. And you're not grace to give up, you're grace to get up. I'll never forget uh, when I was in high school, we got inspired by that uh, Will Smith Ali movie. And we started a fight club at my house after school. And there's like 40 of us and we bought two sets of gloves and every day after school, we'd go back to my house and we'd line up our backpacks as the ring. And the only rule was if you get hit, if you get knocked down, it's game over. And I remember like for months, every night after I finished my homework, I was in my garage training. And not just because I didn't want to lose, like I was honestly scared of getting hit. And I remember, because it was my house, like I had to fight first every afternoon. And I was so scared of getting hit and, and, and every time I would fight, like I was so focused on, on not getting hit that I would just duck and weave, I'd, I'd bounce around. I just, I didn't want to get hurt. Like I felt like Muhammad Ali. Like I felt like, you know, I was like, now you see me, now you don't think you'll hit me, but I know you won't. Like, I, like, I, like that's how I felt. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Hands can't hit what your eyes can't see. Like, I, I'm like, that. the whole point for me was just not getting hit. And I was undefeated for a while until one afternoon, I got hit so hard. I went straight down, lights out, game over. And, and I might've lost the fight that day in everyone else's eyes. But can I tell you in my own eyes, like I won because like I was down there looking up at the sky, but I didn't die. And I got back up. And I just wanna remind some people in here that the point of your life is not to, not to just avoid getting hurt. The point of life is not to avoid getting hit. Cause let me tell you, life is gonna hit you at times. And the point of our lives is not to like duck and weave and, and avoid getting hurt and, and avoid being uncomfortable and, and avoid pain and, and avoid opposition. No, no, you and I, we are graced to endure it. You're not graced to give up, you're graced to get up. Life is going to hit you at times. And I wanna remind you that every time life hits, when you get hit by discouragement and disappointment, no, you're graced to get back up. When you get hit by insecurity and fear and feelings of inadequacy and anxiety, no, no, you're graced to get back up and keep moving forward. You're not graced to give up, you're graced to get up. When life hits us, sometimes we wonder if maybe we've done something wrong. When life hits, when disappointment hits, when we face a setback or a challenge or an opposition that we feel is out of our depth, sometimes we, we question ourselves and we doubt ourselves. And we're like, maybe I, maybe I missed it. Like maybe I, I should be doing more. Maybe I should be praying more. Maybe I should be doing a whole lot more. But Paul is reminding Timothy to be strong in the grace because Paul is very aware that life is gonna hit you no matter what. But you're not graced to, to throw in the towel. You're not graced to, to give up. You are graced to get up. We're not graced to avoid pain and suffering. No, we're graced to endure it. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect 
in your weakness. You're graced for this. Whatever it is that you're facing in your life, you're graced for it. God's grace is on your life. I'll close with this story. We've got a, someone on our team in Boston and her brother right now is in a maximum security prison, downtown Boston. It's like a, a holding prison. And three years ago now, he, he's a lawyer and he got into some trouble, had a falling out with his business partner and got accused of some things. And they offered him a, a plea deal, but he's believing and fighting for his innocence. He's like, I didn't do what they said I would do. And I've got to be strong. I'm trusting Jesus. And so I'm not going to take the deal. And so he's been in there. And they keep delaying the case because they want him to take this deal. And he would have been out a couple years ago now, but because he's like, no, 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 we're going to go to trial. I'm innocent. They keep pushing it back. And so now he's been in this maximum security holding prison for three and a half years. He's been there longer than anyone else in the history of this prison. He's only meant to be in there for a couple of weeks, just caught up in this, this cycle. And, and his sister asked me to go and visit him because he was feeling really down, really discouraged. And so about a year ago, I started visiting this guy and I'd get to go and just encourage him and because it's a maximum security prison, I'm speaking to him through glass and couldn't take anything in with me. And the only thing I could do is, is, is pray with him and ask him how he was doing and whatever verses I have memorized, whatever verses come to mind, I can kind of speak God's word to him. And I remember he was just feeling really down. He had a, a motion hearing a little while ago and it was a big motion hearing and he'd been preparing for it and he had a whole lot of issues with his lawyers and his family had paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and he's just, he's had a lot, of, a lot of setbacks, a lot of disappointment, a lot of frustration. And I got to pray with him and I, I got to encourage him and I got to remind him because I was working on this message at the time. I got to remind him, hey, you know what? You're, you're graced for this. You're, you're graced to endure. You're, you're graced to, to get through this. You're not graced to avoid it. You're right in the middle of it. But God's grace is on your life. Be, be strong in the grace. Be strong in the grace. And so the next week he had this motion hearing and I, I went to it, sat with his mom and his sister and it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. It got denied and so he's back in prison. And I go to visit him the next week and I'm expecting him to be at the lowest point he's ever been. He should have been out years ago. He's still in there right now. And I went in and I'm thinking that he's gonna be down, thinking I'm gonna have to really encourage him. And I go in there and I'm talking to him through this glass and he has the biggest smile on his face. And I'm like, bro, why are you smiling? Like, you're still in here, you should be out. He's like, I know, but you'll, you'll never believe what happened. I'm like, T tell me what happened. He's like, last week at the motion hearing, before we went into the courtroom, there was 16 of us in this, this holding cell. And the atmosphere was just so negative and so dark and down and there was no peace in the room. And I just reminded myself that I'm, I'm graced for this. And I reminded myself that, that some of these guys, they, they probably need to know about Jesus. They probably need some hope. And so he asked these 16 guys, he's like, guys, is it cool if I, I pray for us? I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I believe that, that God wants to give you his peace. I believe that God wants to remind you that, that he's good, that he's with you in the middle of all this. And he started praying for all these guys in this, in this holding cell. And he told me the atmosphere shifted. He told me that there was this peace in the room, that there was this tangible sense of God's presence in this room. And here's a guy who could have every reason to be bitter every reason to be frustrated, every reason to just live in disappointment and discouragement and throw in the towel and give up on God and give up on his faith. But no, he's reminded that he wasn't graced to give up. 
he's grace to get up. God's grace is on his life. And I wanna tell you today that God's grace is on your life. Whenever you feel like giving up or throwing in the towel, God's grace is on you. God's grace is with you. God's grace is for you. And if you find yourself in a season and you're like, I don't know if I can continue to do all this. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can handle one more loss, one more disappointment, one more rejection, one more failure. I don't know if I can do this. No, you can so, so do this because you are graced for this. You're not graced to live a safe life. No, you're graced to live a secure life. You're not graced to give up. No, you're graced to get up. Your grace to keep moving forward. Your grace to keep overcoming. Your grace to keep rising above the different challenges and opposition that you face in life. You're graced for this. I'll finish by just showing you how Paul writes this letter to Timothy. It's interesting. Paul starts this letter in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. To Timothy, my dear son, grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He starts with grace. And he ends this letter in 2 Timothy 4.22. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Paul starts his letter with grace and he ends his letter with grace. And I think Paul is pleading through the pages of this letter, reminding Timothy and reminding us that our lives, they start with grace and they end with grace. It starts with grace and it ends with grace. You're graced for this. You're graced for this. We need God's grace in every area of our lives. And He has graced you to endure. He's graced you to move forward. You, you are stronger than you think you are. You, you have this capacity on the inside, this capacity to endure, this capacity to get back up and keep moving forward no matter what life throws your way. It's because of His grace. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, eyes closed over there at our north location. I want to pray for a couple groups of people. But before I, I go any further, I wonder today whether you know this grace. Because grace is more than an idea. It's more than a concept. Grace is a person. Grace is Jesus. Jesus is grace personified. And you and I, we were never called to just go about our lives our own way, in our own strength, trying to make things happen. No, you and I, we were created by God for God. We were created to be in relationship with Him. And I, I wonder today whether you know this grace. I wonder whether you know Jesus, not do you just know about Him. Not do you know church, not do you know religion, not do you try your best to be a good person, but do you know Him? Are you walking with Him? Do you have your own relationship with Him? Because the Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short, and the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Jesus came and He, he died and He rose again so that you and I could be forgiven for everything we've done wrong, so that we could be set free in a moment like this with a future secure in Him. The Bible says He's placed eternity in our hearts. There's a longing on the inside of all of us 
this void, this sense that we were created for something more. And if you don't know it, that more is a relationship with Jesus. He's the only one who can forgive you. He's the only one that can set you free. He's the only one that can satisfy the longing of your soul. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, I'm gonna count to three. And if there is anyone today, anyone under the sound of my voice, here and at the north location, if you need to make your peace with God, need to open up your heart to Him, need to receive His grace and forgiveness today with no one looking around and no hesitation, I'd love for you on three just to raise your hand just high enough, long enough for me to see it and I'll include you in that prayer. One, Jesus loves you. He, he died and rose again so you could have life. Two, the Bible says that right now is the time for salvation. Don't, don't wait. Don't delay. This, this is your moment right here. Right now, three, if that's you, would you raise your hand just so I know who I'm praying for? You can put it down again. It's amazing. He sees you. God sees you. God sees you. God sees you over there in the north. God sees you. Maybe at one point you made a decision like this, but if you're honest, you just feel so distant. You just feel so disconnected from God's plan and God's purpose. And today you're saying, you know what? I need to, I need to come back. I need to get things right. I need to make a recommitment to follow Jesus. If that's you, would you join all these hands and allow me the privilege of praying for you? It's awesome. A few more seconds. It's awesome. It's so cool. God sees you. God loves you. The past is the past. This is a brand new start, brand new chapter. The Bible says the old is gone, the new is here. Your best days are very much ahead of you, not behind you. It's so peaceful, it's so freeing. Saying, God, I don't just want to know about you. I want to know you. I want to know I'm saved. I want to know that I'm set free. I want to know that I'm in right relationship with you. It's awesome. You can put your hands down. Church, can we stand to our feet? And as we stand to our feet, come on, can we put our hands together? And come on, can we thank God for people making the greatest decision that you'll ever make? The Bible says we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, and we're saved and we enter into this adventure, this relationship with Jesus. It doesn't mean that we all of a sudden life gets any easier. It doesn't mean that at all. But let me tell you, life gets a whole lot better when you realize that you're not going through life alone, when you realize that your grace to endure whatever life throws you away, when you realize that you have a God who's with you, a God who's for you, and a church family, church community who's going to stand with you and believe with you and help you to become all that God's called you to be. There's nothing like it. So we're going to pray this very simple but powerful prayer. And there's one more group I want to pray for before we take a moment and worship. So why don't you repeat this after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I know he died and rose again. Right now, I turn from my own way. I turn to you. Thank you that you love me, that you forgive me. By your grace, I'm saved. By your power, set free. Today's a new day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, once more. Can we thank God? It's incredible. It's incredible. Now, if you would, could you close your eyes just for one moment? I just want to give people some privacy in here because there's one more group that's on my heart. I want to pray for those of you. You've been following Jesus for some time. Maybe you're pretty new to faith. Maybe you've been following Jesus longer than I've been alive. I don't know, but you're in a season 
and you need to be reminded of God's grace. You need to be reminded that you're graced for this. You need to be reminded you're graced for the season ahead of you. You're not graced to worry, you're graced to worship. You're not graced for tomorrow, you're graced for today. Whatever life throws at you today, whatever you're facing today, no, God has graced you for it. He's with you, He's for you, He saved you, called you, purposed you, and graced you. And if you're right in the middle of a fight, maybe life has hit you, maybe you've been hit by discouragement or, or lack or fear, or I don't know, maybe you're in the process of trying to find a new job and it's been really hard and you just need to be reminded, no, you're graced for this. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for and we're going to take a moment we're going to worship a little bit and I really believe God wants to remind you that he's with you really believe that God wants to strengthen you from the inside out father I thank you for every hand that is raised God you know every story you know every season that people have found themselves in and God I thank you that your grace is on our lives God I pray that you would give us the strength and the endurance God the resilience the resolve God to keep getting back up to keep focusing our eyes on you God to keep moving forward to keep stepping up into all that you've called us to be and all that you've called us to do God I thank you for your grace I thank you that your grace is enough for us that it is sufficient for us that God your grace and your power is made perfect in our weakness so God we fix our eyes on you God we worship you come on let's worship church